Like Gregorian chant, or should I go into like Mongolian? Like, <laughs> I like that better. I like that better. Yeah, that's good. Guys, welcome back to the Alpha Regiment oh. podcast. What's going on? That was terrible. More enthusiasm. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, gang. Welcome back to the Alpha Regiment podcast. This week, we're going to do another Lionel Messi speed run on. <laughs> Dude, don't talk Australian. It's triggering me. It's too soon. Oh, it's supposed to be British. Does that sound Aussie? Yeah. Guys, we had a guest lined up for this morning. We got up at 5. I I got up at 5.45. Don't say that. Don't say that. He's going to listen and be like, this guy is dick riding so hard. I'm not dick riding. I would if it meant, you know, success. This man's selling his soul to Satan. You wouldn't have gay sex if it guaranteed fruit for your family success no no really no so you're can, telling me you wouldn't have a crazy good orgasm for a lot of money <laughs> life's not all about blowing loads it's about, get loads it's about blowing dudes it's about the friends you make along the way yeah all right and blowing those guys dude what's been going on um nothing much it's been uh did we talk recently been doing white guy shit i've been so. doing white guy shit yeah we talked this morning no i meant like uh, when, when did we record the last episode? Holy shit. Uh, we recorded... Uh, <laughs> sorry. We recorded... I just thought of a great question. We uh, we recorded Thursday? Wednesday. And then we reposted Thursday. Oh, yeah. It's been pretty recent then. <laughs> what was the whitest thing you did this week? The whitest thing I don't remember I if I talked this about week. this. I might have talked about this on like Tuesday. I had some Greek yogurt for breakfast. That's pretty white. Um, <laughs> I listened to Plankton... From SpongeBob AI cover All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, and I thought it was genuinely good. <laughs> uh, I was playing uh I was playing pickleball last Tuesday and somebody played Sweet Carol. Someone brought a speaker and was just playing like not even like good eighties rough, they're just playing like the hits from like the sixties on. And there was a point where we were all playing pickleball to Sweet Caroline and everyone broke out singing Sweet Caroline while playing pickleball. And I turned to the dudes next to me and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. This is the whitest thing that has ever happened in my life. Sweet Caroline and pickleball. Sweet Caroline and pickleball. And like people were genuinely enjoying it. And I was like, I'm not enjoying it. Well, yeah, this. dude, it's a good song. But you know, it's also a good Neil Diamond song. It is. It's Cracklin' like, Rosie. You ever heard that one? No. Cracklin' Rosie, make me a smile. Just another. Uh, I was listening. To, I was listening to Maybelline a lot by Chuck Berry this week. Oh. That's not really a white thing to do. <clears throat> Roll over Beethoven. Maybelline, yeah. why can't you be true? <coughs> I was watching. Um, remember that? Remember that script idea I had for you about uh, the Beatles archetypes? Yes, dude. I was talking. Actually, explained that to somebody yesterday. Again, I brought it back up about the Beatles archetypes. Life. Have we talked about it on the podcast? I feel like we probably have, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we definitely did. Well, anyways, I figured out what their profession is going to be in the script. So it's going to be oh, yeah? three dudes, all right, and they meet in college. And one's a philosophy major, one majoring in uh, religion. And one majoring in uh, psychology, right? And then you mean theology, not religion. Yeah, theology. Okay. What the fuck? Whatever, dude. It's not like you were like, I don't even understand what the fuck you're talking about. You knew what the fuck I was talking. About. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then at first, I what do you mean? When did I? I'm lost now. It's okay. Go ahead. Continue. So uh, George, George Harrison archetype. He's um, gonna be your theology guy, right? Uh, no. He's gonna be philosophy. He's a philosophy. Theology. Guy. Lennon. Lennon. John theology. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I thought those two might be. I couldn't tell which one would be which. And then psychology is Paul. 
And then I don't know how they get the idea, right? But eventually, maybe. Paul should be like marketing. Nah, nah. They have to. They have to be those three because what they're gonna do is they're gonna try to build their own community, and then it turns into a cult because of the stresses of not wanting to make it fall apart. And so in order to not make it fall apart, they need to get stronger. And in consequence of trying to make the group bigger and more committed and devoted, they get corrupted by like how much it builds. And so basically John gets corrupted by the idolic nature of being the leader of a bunch of people. So he gets like this giant ego, classic John Lennon. And then Paul McCartney archetype uh, basically just wants to expand the community and just join make people join even though originally the they wanted people to join they wanted the people to join who wanted to join for the values and the lifestyle so basically they tried to make i think in the script they try to make a utopia where basically all you have to do is farm raise a family you don't have to worry about a job and they just realize yeah, it just starts out like a commune what's the like era is this like 60s like still around 70s because it's the it's the coolest era and that's when cults were happening so basically yeah they try to make a commune because they realize in college they're like bro all you have to do is fucking eat food and survive and then you can have babies and just be so happy because you're raising kids and shit and then in doing so and then george is george is the insecure one who isn't really he's like the philosophy which is why he also has the most level-headedness about him um when he sees things going out of control because he's like he's like you know why did we get why did we do this in the first place guys this isn't like how it used to this was supposed to be for for the joy betterment. yeah for the greater good for the greater good and now it's become about us Mm -hmm. <coughs> where's Ringo in all this there isn't Ringo there's no point to have Ringo <laughs> there's a point to have a Ringo eh, well I'll think about it but you're gonna make it, Ringo's feel excluded from the archetype idea you can't just exclude Ringo I know but in the in a, in a script Ringo's are I'm Ringo's Ringo's are important to the balance here's what I think Ringo would be right mm -hmm. Ringo would be not someone from the college it would be somebody who joins the cult who they take a, a liking to and they give special responsibilities to who's somewhat skeptical but he kind of he's kind of the guy who ends up holding the glue together for anyone else who becomes skeptical or whatever else he's kind of like because he'd be like the go with the flow guy and he'd be like you know like you know i'm I'm sure they mean well blah blah mm -hmm. blah this and that but he's not like you know he's not overly included in the inner circle he's just like they took a special liking to him as like the outsider like obviously they're like the little council at the table but ringo is the one kind of among the people being like Keep calm and carry on. Just keep doing it. The only thing about it is, is that Ringo is not a strong character. He doesn't have any motivation. Exactly. And that's why, like, when writing a script, that's going to be, like, the number one thing that, like, producers or agents would be like, just cut this guy. He doesn't need to be in it. Like, why would we hire someone no. to be there? Nah, bro, trust me. I no, I think that. it's a co- it's, I get it, but I think it's a cohesive, like, I think it's a, a good point. It's like, I get, I get, like, the whole thing of, like, you know, you're focused on those three big personalities, right? But I think it's an important part of, uh, like, cult psychology and the way people think is, like, there's usually also, like, you know, there's kind of always, like, an insider, too. You know, there's always kind of someone who's part of just the group of the populace of the people who's on board with the, you know. Right. The uh, that could be the Ringo role. It doesn't have to be a big role. It's I'm just thinking like, it wouldn't know, be. He wouldn't be. He's the link between. He's the link between the common folk and the the charismatic leaders. Yes, but in, 
I think it would be better if his personality wasn't based off of Ringo. But I like it better if he's more like Jesse Plemons in Breaking Bad, where he's like totally devoted psychopath, like no questions asked. But then he like ends up being the downfall. The Oh, that's the guy who, that was the fucking neo-Nazi guy, right? So the then it's like, because he praises and worships the three of them so much, the false gods, that devotion is eventually what breaks everything down because he taking it too far of like praising someone. He's the one who takes it to the next step. He's the one who kind of like breaks it out. Like maybe he like murders someone or just sort of like goes, like he like goes against. Yeah, that should be uh, like the Christian. <clears throat> yeah. That should be the crescendo. <clears throat> Yeah. the climax and gets them all arrested when they realize that and yeah and, and they realize that they don't they don't have control it's kind of cool pretty sick though right and i think they but here's yeah, the dude. thing it would be a commune. we should we should write something we should write something together that'd be kind of fun yeah we should write a comedy together yeah um but i'm thinking they don't become a cult so i got the idea i i before i thought they were just going to be like a settling community maybe in like the early 1700s but then i was like i don't want to do all that fucking research so and also, 70s is always just cooler, 1970s. So I got the idea because this new docuseries on uh, Netflix came out called How to Become a Cult Leader, which, by the way, cool docuseries, but the style of the docuseries is literally like, it's Peter Dinklage narrating, and he's like, here's how to become a cult leader, step one. And they like... Yeah, it's like some fucking <laughs> Vice video or some fucking, what's the fucking BuzzFeed type yeah. shit? They, and then they make, and then he like gives motivation he's like now you're on your way to becoming of god amongst mortals and i'm like dude some psychopaths are gonna watch this and be like this they're is gonna love perfect this. <laughs> dude i've met people who are like that i have or i've genuinely met people who are like people have asked me to be a cult leader i'm like nobody asks anybody to be a cult leader people like, have asked weird. you <laughs> I have I have heard those words come out of a, a grown man's mouth one time. What does that even mean? I, I don't know, but it was enough for me to be like red flag. Not really coming back here that <laughs> Dude, much. Dude, you know what? You should have sex with my wife. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's basically what that meant. Kind of, or like people. Yeah, yeah. No, you are right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> the people who are you, the people who are telling him like you sh you should have run a cult. <laughs> you should do this because the cult's bad. That seems to be your calling. Cults never usually not usually a good thing. No, no. They usually don't go well. It's not like, okay, so it's not like illegal to run a cult. It's not like a necessary, like it's not necessarily, it's not illegal. Well, cult is it's the not bad necessarily word. If it's not, a, if it's a good cult, then it's just like a community or it's like an organization or, or like a group. What's a cult that goes on for long enough? What would you call that? A cult to me is like there's one leader and he's super fucking powerful in the group and they make a lot of money actually no they don't have to I make forgot, a lot of money but no I, I i forget which no i forget which class i learned about it in in college but i did learn like the distinction it was and i think it might have been in my like i took a a, a theology class like my sophomore or junior year and it was comparing a lot of things between it was just comparing like judaism christianity and islam Mm -hmm. it was either in that class or my my class about about the apocalypse but like the common misconception but it's you know a good thought is like all that a religion is is just a cult that lasted a long time mm -hmm. but um no there are like some fundamental things that make a cult a cult in a religion a religion vice versa and i don't really know the distinction but i just remember a cult needs to have like a charismatic leader mm -hmm. and an apocalypse clause and like uh like a common like philosophy or something like those are just like the main three like it's not like that mm -hmm. deep it doesn't always have to be that deep but the the charismatic leader usually tends to be someone who's highly like narcissistic or has a god complex and then that's where it's probably yeah so charles manson went to jail for uh i think stealing something or or 
something like that before he started the cult and basically he had a lot of time yeah. he read like the bhagavad Gita. he read the bible uh he read uh boot buddhist whatever they call it and so he basically made his uh ideology a little bit of the bible a little bit of the bhagavad Gita, and then he even included the beatles he was like the beatles are prophets so the beatles was in charles manson's yeah. <clears throat> religion i know yeah, they fucking uh what's the song? All you need is love. Uh no, 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 no. The song Helter was Skelter. Uh, Helter Skelter about race riots. Yeah. And so uh, in reality, Helter Helter Skelter is about a giant slide somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all it's about. And so how did he get his first followers? I'm trying to remember from the docuseries. Oh yeah, but this was interesting actually, because when he was a young boy, when Charles Manson was a young boy, he said that um he got a group of girls in elementary school. He tricked them by saying this one kid's like bullying me. And so the group of girls went over and like fucked the kid up, the boy. And so even when he was like in second or first grade, he was getting girls to do <laughs> stuff for him. <clears throat> yeah, he was showing like manipulative tendencies. Yeah, and then when he went to the principal's office, the girls blamed Wasn't Charles. he highly charismatic and like kind of somewhat Did people find him attractive? I don't. Yeah, people did find him attractive cuz he he changed his uh there's like video I don't think he was personally, but he just had long <coughs> hair and a big beard. He was like the ideal look for the time cuz originally he used to kind of look like uh clean shaven and like short hair because that was the 60s but then the hippie movement came in he grew out his hair he got the look and you'll see videos where you know girls are like he's beautiful and he's just so happy that's one of the things that the girls really liked about charles manson he said he was super happy and they weren't super fucked up he recruited like 14 year olds and shit and uh yeah that's pretty messed up Somehow, so, so so he started having like sex with them. Once he got a big group of the ladies, he started having sex with all of them. And then they, they all thought that like he was, they were his only girlfriend. And then they figured out that they were all fucking him. And they were like, well, you know, he's also, he's, he's the best. I mean, what can you do? Yeah. So then, so then they were just all fucking him. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah. They were all fucking That's him. That's crazy. And, uh, they were just like, we're fine with it because he's so good. <laughs> Apparently he was really good at fucking. That was one of the also the appeals to the girls. He said he was a very good lover. That is insane. Yeah. And so how he, he would brainwash them. By the way, another thing to include, which was not in the docuseries, is that Charles Manson was a part of the MK Ultra experiment. He was wasn't Ted uh Kaczynski as well. The Unabomber, yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know, I'm pretty sure our listeners gotta know what MK Ultra is. I mean it's so it's so like popular. I think for the now. most part, people who would listen to us would also know what MK Ultra is. Yeah. It's the CIA. They tried experiments to see if they could brainwash people with LSD. Yeah, like trying to use like LSD as like a truth serum and stuff and like they were running these experiments on normal people back mm -hmm. in like the fifties and sixties, right? Yeah. So Yeah. Charles Manson and his ladies and some dudes, he had some dudes, um, he would MK Ultra them. So he would basically have everyone in a room and he would have a giant sheet of acid and he would put it on everyone's tongue like the sacrament. And then he would tell them stories. He didn't, he took very little LSD or none at all so that he could basically control the narrative right and so while yeah, everyone like was control. yeah shit's fucked up dude the more you look into mk ultra the more it's like whoa that's pretty fucked up yeah so while all his followers were tripping balls he talked about um an experience he had while he was tripping where he was basically crucified and so he would be like really descriptive and like reenact his crucifixions so that in front of everyone with the beard and the long hair he looks like 
Jesus and like a prophet. And so everyone was tricked into like being like really believing he was believing he was and getting really emotional. And uh, he basically just increasingly asked them to do stuff for him um, to like gain their because like when you do something that's like kind of kind of messed up kind of illegal and then you do it for him your is it patho or logos your entire logos is like then like totally messed up so they would like break into people's homes and basically just trash them right so they would break and enter but he was like we're not going to do anything violent we're not about that we're just kind of mess it's like pranking people but he's getting these ladies to like break into their homes and convincing them to do so because it's like silly it's like a silly act but now they associate you know, breaking into people's home and trespassing with being completely okay. So they being a cult leader is also just like increasingly going over the line little by little until you have like complete devotion. They'll do anything you say because they always have. Um, another yeah, f- the, 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 the sociology behind like cults is insane. Basically, you get a lot of disenfranchised people who don't like know what they believe in or they want to believe in something, but they don't have much guidance Mm-hmm. and you're able to slowly chip away at it and then the the sociology of it is then it becomes this isolated group you slowly isolate them from any like you know from the outside right you slowly isolate them from their support systems so like people think that it's always just like weak people who get brought in by cults no like they slowly isolate you from like your family from your friends and then the cult becomes everything that you have all your family and friends is the cult and so you don't need anybody else and so then you become fully devoted to this group because you're kind of cut off from like the modern not really the modern but necessarily like just like the regular rules of society Mm-hmm. You're living in your own world and you're just cut off. You slowly get cut out. And then people don't realize how strong like social forces are. But I mean, we are social creatures. So like people end up doing shit like that. Like they end up, you know, doing really fucked up and weird things because like they're trying, they need to belong to this society or else they believe they'll have nothing because it's more difficult to face being an outcast from society. Mm. Yeah, he said, they said in the documentary that cult leaders look for vulnerable people, vulnerable people with trauma, but not like really fucked up broken people because they're like unsalvageable because they're not motivated by like really anything or they're like completely hopeless. So that's not like an ideal target. They're just kind of looking for like lost people. They don't really know their direction. Yeah, people who are lost. Yeah. Um, Another crazy thing about the Charles Manson story is he wanted to be a rock star originally but he wasn't good he actually had some good folk songs he wanted to be a troubadour but uh he was kind of fucking he was his lyrics were creepy obviously because he's fucking creepy didn't he have a fucking swastika on his forehead he had an x oh he put an x on his forehead in prison and made all his followers get an x too that's crazy and uh yeah so basically he was like all right ladies now's the time that i become a rock star now i've recruited all you guys so he uh he had them all scatter around los angeles looking for rock stars and they found i think his name is david or garrett wilson but basically brian wilson's brother of the beach boys and i think the drummer of the beach boys is who they found and they were like uh can we have can we fuck you so a bunch of the girls fucked, it's not Garrett Wilson, that's the wide receiver for the Jets, but Brian Wilson's brother of the Beach Boys, they fucked him. And then they were like, you should meet our friend Charles. And this guy just fucking is fresh off a nut. So he's like, I'll do anything you say. So he meets yeah, Charles. Yeah, whatever you say. I'd fucking, you crazy, you crazy bitches. <laughs> said, I, I love you, you love you bitches. <laughs> I, love you, I love you bitches so much. I'll do what you say. <laughs> fucking crazy bitches. <laughs> so uh, he leaves. 
to go to the recording session. And then he and then he comes back to his house and Charles is already there. And he's like, "What's up? You fucked my bitches." Uh, and so they get to talking. And then apparently, him, Charles, and the all the ladies of his stay at uh, Mr. Wilson's house for the entire summer because he's like, "Listen, all the pussy you want, let us chill here. We're homeless." Um, and Mr. Wilson was kind of intrigued by it because he was like, damn, how does he have all these ladies just around him? Like, I want this. And then eventually he takes Charles to the recording studio and he's like, all right, all the Beach Boys are in the studio at Brian Wilson's house. Brian Wilson is there. And uh, he's like, let's see what you got. And Charles Manson sits down with his guitar in the studio and he's like, all right, you can change the music however you guys want. You guys, I'm not really a musician but don't change any lyrics. And this is the Beach Boys, right? This is lovey-dovey yeah, music. Like, Some of the most beautiful sounds like, of all time. Quoted the Beatles, quoted saying like the Mozart of 60s, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. like, God only knows is Paul McCartney's, he thinks it's the best song of all time. Yeah. Um, Charles Manson plays a song that's about like ceasing to exist and it's super fucking bleak and like creepy and weird. And they're like, uh, and then Brian Wilson had like a ton it. of notes. And apparently Charles Manson like flipped the fuck out and uh, went back and took all the ladies out of the house. And I think that's when he started doing, I mean, not when he started, but that's when he went really crazy on drugs, either amphetamines or cocaine or something. And that's when he started talking about race riots. There's an upcoming race riot, basically. And the ladies are going to have to... It was like apocalyptic. Yeah, it was going to be like a race war, not a race yeah, riot. Yeah, a race like war. That was his apocalypse. That was his apocalypse clause. Was you're that right. It was going to be a right. race war. Yeah. And that's when uh, he told the ladies, we're going to go to the desert and hide from the apocalypse. So some of the girls went and went to the desert to like chill out. And then that's how he could get his most devoted followers to do killings and then the other group members didn't hear about it because they were in the desert so the killings were basically because the race war didn't happen so he wanted to accelerate it by getting his devoted devotees to go in and stab people in the night and make it kind of seem like it was a race war sort of thing like we're killing the upper middle class and celebrities that are white um yeah and super disgusting i mean they would like paint stuff on the walls with their blood like it wasn't just like yeah dude these people were fucked up it wasn't just get in and get out bro it was fucking nuts and then uh this is why that scene from once upon a time in hollywood is so fucking fun yeah they just get they look like nerds <laughs> when they just get it they get fucking <laughs> obliterated it's so fucking good uh because if you like know what was if you knew what happened back then, like those yeah. it's really messed up shit. They were pieces of it was Sharon Sharon Tate was Sharon Tate was killed by them. Yeah. While she was well, is that while she was pregnant too? Hmm. I don't know, actually. Probably. Which makes it sadder. Which makes it fucked up. Way more fucked up. Yeah. But yeah. Um and then it didn't it didn't it didn't say how they got arrested or like they figured out it was them. So I'm not really sure how. Maybe they were just like, I mean, these guys are fucking weird as we see them around town all the time. It's gotta be them. <laughs> It could yeah. it could have been just as easy as that. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they figured it out. They didn't really say that in the docuseries. Cults are crazy. They're like kind of fun to explore cuz it's like such a feels like such a taboo subject, but it's like so wild to think like how do you end up in this situation? Like I've watched a ton of stuff about Waco mm. in the past couple of years too because Waco's an interesting one because like I think technically wasn't Waco a good thing? No. Well, subjectively it was not a thing i mean i think the thing that they i got, heard like, i heard for it was, was a were, good thing they were trading 
they were trading weapons and i think that they were doing illegal augmentations to the weapons that's why the fbi fbi and the atf got involved and the atf and the fbi fucked it up yeah they were Waco, like only we can the, do the, that the, motherfuckers well yeah that was like the illegal thing they caught him for and they definitely the fbi and the atf definitely overstepped and they definitely like i mean dude like it was after there was like some laws after vietnam and shit where like you know that they now had access to all this military shit so it was basically like the boys just wanted to go fucking use their new toys and that's when they went in and did all that but like waco did have some weird things going on i mean it's, it was technically not illegal things like the the cult leader uh koresh or whatever david koresh and the uh they were like the new davidians right or whatever it was but um, David Koresh would, uh, he was doing like wife sharing shit for sure. Like he was making his members like share their wives with him. Nice. Which isn't technically illegal. It was technically consensual, even though they weren't like all necessarily on board with it. They thought he was like a prophet or a Jesus figure. So they did whatever he said. Um, but they weren't actually like, they weren't bothering anybody or doing anything technically illegal. Like, and that's the thing about cults. Like it's very taboo, but it's like, it's not illegal to start a cult. It's not illegal to have a cult. And as long as you're not like, you know hurting anybody it's like there's nothing anyone can do about it i bet i think mostly they usually get dissolved yeah because it ends up you know that's the taboo part is like it's like there's you would think so because well i mean i think you would think so because you would you that's what you hear about but i'm sure there's a lot of them going on right now that we don't even know about because they're so like yeah bro did you, you, did you hear about nexium you know about nexium oh i know about nexium bro that one was so recent and that one was so insane because like it was so recent with the internet like at its peak you know what i mean like it's 20 fucking 18 or whatever when it got shut down or 2019 and they yeah. were doing the wildest stuff they were doing like they were like a sex, sex slaves bro yeah do you ever see that how to with john wilson yeah speaking of there's a new episode really yeah new season i love out. that show but which one? Oh yeah Fuck when yeah. he when he uh he well, goes he to do like an acapella talking about being an acapella group, <laughs> yeah. and it turns, it turns out to be run by the head, the fucking Nexium guy. Yeah, and he sent them an email and spoke out. That would have been kind of scary. I feel yeah, like they, they like, would have came after. Yeah, them. dude, they like they like vandalized something or like they like drop pamphlets to like expose the guy, and then he like cut mm -hmm. them off or whatever. It was crazy. And then they got blackmailed so and they funny. had to apologize and say they lied. Yeah, they got blackmailed by like their own school or whatever. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, the, the thing with Waco, the reason why Waco was so taboo and bad is because the ATF and the FBI did handle it terribly. They like knew. So they first of all, they used tear gas where they knew that there was women and children. They also definitely fired first on the, the Branch Davidians or whatever it was. Or is that is that the Branch Davidians? I can't remember if that's them or the Branch Davidians or the guys I think who it got is. the spaceship behind them. Okay. But you yeah. know, now that you so mentioned it, that, wait, this is really funny about the Branch Davidians. The leader would make the husbands stay celibate and he would have sex with all their wives and have kids with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's David Koresh, dude. That's the fucking Waco guy. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> kind of fucked <laughs> no just imagine like all the dudes are like all right i guess you you know i guess he's he knows guess better so, than me yeah, he's kind of god yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but they use they use like tear gas on women and children and they also knew that this tear gas was flammable mm. and so then it ignited and they literally killed women and children yeah that was for no reason and they were just they trading were they were just making money off of weapons and shit yeah i think that was like part of it like for whatever reason they were trading weapons they they were preparing for an apocalypse too but they but they weren't like hurting you when they were i think they were making money off of trading weapons but i think they were also 
I think the reason they got caught and the reason the ATF and the FBI showed up is because they were illegally augmenting the weapons, like adding different receivers. And like, I think they were putting silencers on shit without the proper paperwork. But And then I think they were like swapping out receivers to make them automatic, which is also illegal. And who would have guessed it would have been the FBI with the track record they have? Who would have thought the FBI would have came in and killed them all? Dude, I think it was. I think it was more. The, I think it was more the ATF because they also did that. Thing and who's the ATF? They, were, they just had just for clarification. They had just got alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, which um. sounds more like a good party and not a government agency. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude. Yeah, no. They they had just fucked up with Ruby Ridge, dude, and then they went right into Waco right after Ruby Ridge. Wait, what's Ruby Ridge? Ruby Ridge was basically some dude who just had like a cabin in the mountains. And he just wanted to be self sufficient out there with his family, and they thought he was like plotting a terrorist thing, and they like killed him and his family. God damn! They just came down with the full force of like U.S. military weaponry on this guy living in the some cabin in the woods. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't remember all the details. Imagine, <laughs> just like fucking rolled up with tanks. Imagine you just fucking. Dude, and that's exactly what that's exactly what he knew was gonna happen too, bro. It's like a self fulfilling prophecy. They're like, dude, I know the government's gonna figure me out, so I need guns and shit. As so he starts buying guns, and the government's like, why is this guy buying? So talking about guns? Ruby Ridge or, or Waco? P- pretty much both, dude. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was okay. So he's not completely innocent, but imagine you're Ruby Ridge and you're fucked. Just Ruby making Ridge guy, sweet potatoes, sure. and you just look up and a fucking nuke is dropping on you. <laughs> yeah basically dude like the fucking you just got snipers in your woods you're like what the fuck is going on (laughs) but like yeah dude i don't know i don't remember the full details behind ruby ridge but i'm pretty sure the ruby ridge guy was just like a normal fucking dude like Mm. i'm pretty sure he like wasn't up to no good they just like were taking a lot of what he was doing out of context to make it seem like he was like about to ted kaczynski shit Mm. i'm gonna pee real quick there's a lot of when we come back i have some more information about jonestown Ooh, dude we should this is totally good let's let's keep talking about cults and weird shit all right be right back pp time And welcome back and to the back. I'm going to cover my ass real quick, though, and say the Ruby Ridge guy was a white supremacist <laughs> and did sell the ATF sawed off shotguns and then refused to be an informant. But they came down uh, with the full fist of the law on him without any uh, necessary reason to do so. Or uh, they didn't even ask him to surrender before they started shooting. So it was like a blunder for sure. The FBI didn't have enough evidence and they just went for it. You know what's crazy? He wasn't, it's, not like, it's not like he was a good guy. He wasn't like a good guy. He was just like, technically he didn't do anything illegal other than sell those shotguns. Before we get to Jonestown, a little thing about white supremacy. Apparently, uh, apparently Robert Kennedy Jr. tweeted something about not getting secret service. And he said, uh, the White House is typically supposed to give me uh, Secret Service members since I'm running for president. But Wasn't they his denied, father assassinated? Yeah, but they denied me my uh, my request. But apparently he uh, he used the numbers 14 and 88 together, which is... Is that a dog whistle? Apparently it's a dog whistle to say you're a neo-Nazi white supremacist. Like it's a way to self-identify yourself in code. And so people are I know like, the 88. I didn't know about 14. Yeah, apparently 1488 is a code and so people are like well there you have it <laughs> it's like but maybe not <laughs> you know maybe I mean? not i mean I need, to, I need to see it in context dude but yeah a lot of things have become just like quote-unquote racist ha- dog whistles how the fuck white supremacy is so retarded like how how would we even be supreme in comparison how would we even be supreme it's like a i'm not gonna defend it i'm not sure no, don't I, that's, defend it but like what i wasn't there, going to what is there i was just gonna idea? i was just gonna explain i was gonna explain the idea is basically like don't defend it i want to know the idea. i'm not defending it i'm trying to think of saying like the ideology Brady, without it making it sound by like I god by all means do not defend white supremacy. i'm not gonna please. defend white supremacy please There's no reason 
I'm not. What are you saying right now? Brady, please. <laughs> Don't do this. No, but seriously, no. What, are they, what are they? Dude, I think they just think like, I'll quote my grandfather in saying there's no bloodthirstier race than the white Anglo man. They just think that like, because we conquered so much of the world that we were meant to. How would you say that, Brady? <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't have used the royal we. I should have said they. <laughs> But as as a white Anglo man, <laughs> I'm by association thrown into this group. Nah, I'm fucking with you. No, uh, why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't understand it. I don't I guess, know why. But like, dude, like, I mean, it's easy to kind of understand if someone like gets out there one day and is like, "You're the best." Be like, yeah, that could that yeah. could trick me. That could trick me. Yeah, yeah I am the best. <laughs> I'd be like, shit, I'm, I've been I've been thinking that. It's for like a the while. Yeah, dude, it's like black Israelites, dude. They're like, I maybe I am the chosen people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, dude. We are the chosen. There was a there was a guy the other day at an open mic who had a great joke. He said, uh Who was the guy? I think he said Obama. I think he said Obama. He was like, Obama's half Jewish and half black, so no matter who's right, he's Jewish. <laughs> or like he's full <laughs> Jewish or whatever. Something that like took that. took me a second. Oh, yeah. good. I don't think that's, that's exactly how I said it, but that guy was a better comedian than me. I bombed the other day, but it was fine. Yeah, that video of your friend bombing, was that was a tough watch. Bro. But he does that every time, tough, so it's like, oh, it's so good. Now I cry laughing because he's genuinely freaking out. All right, anyways. Um, he does it every time he does stand-up or every time he bombs? No, he's never killed once. <laughs> never. <laughs> he just freaks out and blacks out. Okay. I love how your two options as a comedian is to kill or bomb. I wouldn't think you, you can guys do are so okay. violent. You can do okay. Oh, yeah. No, I just bomb. mean like. Yeah. Yeah. You could crush. It's a very violent term. You could crush, but it's still a violent term. Yeah. What was I saying before that, though? We were talking about Jonestown. Oh, yeah, and RFK. We don't even have to get into the thing, because honestly, it was already the hearing, the RFK hearing, because honestly, it was already talked about in Madden Shane, so we don't need to steal bits and stuff. I haven't heard it. I heard, I heard him talk a yeah. little bit about RFK. And the the hearing, which was funny because I I listened to that podcast right. I I feel like we're always just like a week behind them. It's really weird how the algorithm has lumped in with them. Because like, I was uh I was just listening to that hearing right before I listened to that Matt and Shane, and then we were on that. We went on that huge fucking political tirade. Well, I looked it up because of Matt and Shane, so you saw it. I before. looked it up before before yeah. I listened to it, but the episode was out for a while, so I was getting targeted. Yeah. I like RFK. I think he'd be a good guy. Did I send you that uh, soundbite of JFK on the phone talking about uh, yeah, buying I furniture? I didn't watch it, though. It's so funny. Was it real? It's real, yeah. Hmm. It's it's real. It's fucking hilarious. He's like, he's going off on some like general in the army because like, okay, so basically they were they had a room prepared at a hospital for Jackie Kennedy to give birth, right? Mm -hmm. 
And whoever was setting up this room was like spending extravagantly on like nice furniture and stuff to make this room perfect. Like obviously in service to the president. And JFK is like, I want to know the jackass who did this, who put his face out there and made us. So he's like, Cause you know what? He's like, if they see I spent $5,000 on a couch, they're going to wonder how many billions they can take from us in Congress. I want to find this jackass and I want to fucking reprimand him live. He's like, he's like, it's sell that couch. Can we get that couch out of there? He's just going off. He's like pissed. He's so pissed. That's good, dude. You have a good yeah. Bobby Kennedy voice. That's JFK. Or JFK, sorry. I thought they were saying, yeah. to be honest. God, he was so pissed. It's so funny. You have a good JFK voice. Yeah, it's just a Boston accent, dude. Dude, this whole thing with the Kennedys trips me out, though, a little bit. Kennedys do trip me out. Yeah, like, so basically, first, was... for the listener, for the listener, guys. So basically, JFK was fucking assassinated because he was doing good things for the middle class and bringing more uh, economic power. He was power doing more than just that. He was bringing majority. more economic power to the middle class. He wanted to take us out of, he didn't want to, he wanted to take us out of Vietnam. And he was like all on board with uh, uh, civil rights stuff, too. which was in the disinterest of the one <clears> percent <throat> super wealthy people. And, and he so wanted to defund. He wanted to like lower defund funding the FBI. To the CIA. He wanted to the disassemble CIA. the the CIA. He wanted to disassemble the CIA and lower funding the FBI. Mm-hmm. And so. I mean, that just yeah, you got to die. You can't do all that stuff. That's too good. That's too much good. That's you, too much good. You're not allowed. <clears throat> you can't so, be that good. You get shot in the face, your head falls off, and you're taken out of the game. Goodbye. Sorry, yeah. you didn't play correctly. You're the, too what good. Did Robert, what did Robert? What are the good shit that Robert Kennedy want to do that I had to kill him? And why do the Kennedys just keep popping up in American history to try to like fix shit? And then, and then, the powers that be are like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> get them out of here. Yeah, it's. It's sad. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that there's like that there's potentially this one like benevolent family that rose to power through okay, now you might not know this, but like JFK's dad, you know he was like uh he was working in with I believe he was basically an informant for Churchill with the fascists in England. Mm. Like it's a whole thing. It's literally like included in in Peaky Blinders. Like they like allude to that situation, but like he, I'll send you the thing from like Roads to Victory, the World War Two and Color Ship. But like he was in with that, and like they made their money like doing mob shit in America, and then they became politicians. So like they did it the American way, dude. Like start out illegal, make a bunch of money, then get involved in politics. But then like for whatever (laughs) reason, they seemed to want to actually do good shit after that where they're like this system's broken because it allowed us to JFK succeed started doing, doing fucked up he, shit jfk started doing lsd and shit i did not know that yeah i watched a uh did i watch a documentary about jfk or something i think it made it might have been by oliver stone or something i mean he was already a good guy but then he started like really having like affairs and stuff because he got into like the free love movement and that's when hippie. he was like, I'm just going to fucking party. But yeah, he, he did a bunch of drugs and was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to make this. Yeah, he was definitely boinking party. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have. I mean, could you blame him? Have you seen pictures of Jackie Kennedy? No. There's a lot of hype around her, but I think she's mid. She's mid? She was she's mid. still alive? She's still around? Fuck if I know. 
<laughs> I just look up Jackie Kennedy from back then. Yeah. I think I talked about my grandma telling me when she met JFK. Oh, Did really? Did I tell you that? No. Yeah. Not. I don't know. I, I don't know how much this I believe. But um, my grandma supposedly was telling me she was out with like, I forget who she was with. She might have been with my Aunt Gussie or, her, or my great Aunt Gussie one time when JFK was passing through Cincinnati and uh, uh, he like stopped his motorcade to come over and like sign some stuff for them because like rumor has it the the women in my family are like were quite sought after beautiful women uh so have you seen pictures of them from when they were younger Mm -hmm. yeah but it's like hard to judge like was my grandma hot (laughs) no it's not it looks like a different person now yeah i know but like i I haven't like that's i mean like genuinely like i haven't seen like that many i've just heard that like yes they were who's uh whose side of the family is it on my mom's side why don't you just ask your mom for a picture? See if you can find one. Like an old picture of grandma? Yeah, I want to know if your grandma's. I mean, Aunt Gussie sexy. definitely was, bro. She literally got a nickname in the fucking 20s, Gussie, bro. Like, that's. Because she got Let's that go. disgusting like, pussy. She got that disgusting. She got that gussy. <laughs> she got that gussy. <laughs> she got that gussy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. But um, Would you fuck your grandma? No. Okay. <laughs> Terrible question. Just checking. Yeah, I just need to make sure. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm not, I'm not making this podcast to release family secrets. All right. We are from Kentucky. <laughs> um, do we want to talk Jonestown? Jonestown's is, yeah, dude. Is bring up so Jonestown. Good. Speaking, do you know of much family, about it? No, but I thought that was a good segue because my name is Jones. Um, I do know, yeah, wait, the Jonestown Massacre and all that. And yeah, like he had like basically uh, imagine if like a megachurch, say like Hillsong, right? Or Mm -hmm. uh, who's the one really big dude, Joel Olstein or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It's basically how I'll break it down for the listener. Imagine if Joel Olstein got like the, the government started coming after him and questioning him. And then he got everyone, all of his followers to move with him to South America or Central America. Yeah, they and went to Guyana. Once, yeah, and then once once the government caught up with them there, he basically made everyone kill themselves. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you want to notice the trend, Jim Jones, as a young boy, as a kid, instead of playing with trucks and stuff, he would play preacher in congregation. He would make kids sit and he would preach to them when he was a child interesting isn't it interesting how kid stuff always comes up kid stuff does come up a lot but it's also really interesting how many people where a lot of it comes up is people i want to say like okay like i think the true meaning behind using the lord's name in vain is that and not like saying like oh my god it's like people who use religion as a mask to wield their own power or to gain more power, you know, over Mm -hmm. people. Because people are, you know, devoted to Jesus Christ and to God and all that. And sometimes, you know, they, you know, they kind of get lost in their interpretations of Christianity and then some guy comes along that makes them feel empowered and then they empower that person. 
And that's where like these these things pop up is like these people who like willfully distort and pervert Christianity for their own power. And then they get like a positive feedback loop from it because they genuinely believe that they're a prophet. And so then they have a following of people who also are telling them they're like a prophet. And so they're wielding like the power of Christianity for a negative thing. It's almost like a form of witchcraft. It's like kind of fucked up. It's like really mm-hmm. fucked up. Mm-hmm. Jim Jones was a fucking good looking guy though. Have you ever seen him? No. Shall I look oh, up? dude. Nice hair. That's another thing. Jawline. That's another sexy. thing. Though. They're always they're usually always pretty like considered pretty good looking. I think mm-hmm. people thought David Koresh was good looking. We were saying they thought uh, Charles Manson was good looking. Golf like and Charles to- Manson's followers were so beat, bro. They were ugly as hell. Dude, they're also a bunch like of fucking hippie girls. They were fucking disgusting looking. And they had an X on their forehead. Like if you saw them, you'd be like, "That is a that's a fucking crackhead, bro." Yeah. No, thank you. But yeah, dude, Jim Jones basically got popular because he started as a preacher. And he his his following was first created with um, elder black ladies, were her were her were his first followers. Interesting, dude. That's a powerful group to have on your side. Mm-hmm. That's a real powerful group to have on your side. And so basically, he would he would do like healings where he'd be like, "Do you say the Lord in Feel the spirit the Pentecost." Yeah. yeah, I like and, that uh, shit, dude. That shit cracks me up. Feel the Holy Ghost. Uh. <laughs> the crazy thing is, though, that sometimes it would actually work. People would actually be healed. But then, dude, because, well, that's the power of the mind. That's a whole other fucking subject, dude. So Even, that gets, yeah, that yeah. gets into the manifesting that we always talk about frequently. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there was one example where they said, like, this one guy recently had a stroke or it was cardiac arrest. And uh, he was supposed to have very limited movement. And the guy was like, I want you to run around this church huh? and feel the spirit of the Lord breaking your heels. Huh? He is with us today. Yeah. <laughs> Into the nose and out to the mouth. Huh? <laughs> and then uh, so and then the guy like sprinted <laughs> around the church as fast as he could, which is kind of cool. But he's just like. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, it's yeah. just like quick, like Naruto <laughs> running. Yeah. And uh, so I guess he was, his heart was healed or whatever. But also at the same time, like, he probably never tried running. So maybe he was fine the entire time or whatever. But uh, he then he had to start faking healings because sometimes when it, it – since it sometimes wouldn't work, it would hurt his credibility. So he would have uh, his most loyal followers put some, like – like a chicken gizzard in their in their mouth and be like cough up that tumor and then they would uh cough up the chicken parts that's crazy and that's uh, fucking fucked up yeah and then they said this weird thing where it was like all right if anyone if anyone tries to go and grab the piece of lung from the audience my ministers or like the other devoted followers you have to go get it and you have to eat it <laughs> so that they won't find it. So then they're like, now they're basically just cum swapping chicken, basically. <laughs> yeah, bro. What? <laughs> chicken gizzards aren't that they... bad, by the way. They're pretty tasty, but 
I know, but like, okay, someone coughs up a tumor and then the guy just eats it? Like, why? Yeah, wouldn't, wait, wouldn't where, people where ask questions? Yeah, people weren't asking. <laughs> These aren't the questions. Dude, cult, cult followers aren't the fucking question-asking type. But this cult's a church, so it's like, okay, why did you just eat the tumor? <laughs> you know what I mean? Bro, dude I, dude, I don't know, dude. Some people, okay, I feel like one of the most important things when it comes to your spirituality and your religious experience is to be skeptical. I think that should be absolutely, like, pushed more on. I feel genuinely sorry for anyone who isn't encouraged to be skeptical about what they're raised in and just encouraged to accept it. Uh, and I think any church that pushes people to just accept it and not question it is doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And you should be, that's what should make you skeptical. If you're not being taught to think freely, what was really great about my experience growing up in religion is that like I was encouraged to question and I did. And I talked to priests and everything else about shit to get it sorted out. You know, I was like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? And I had good priests around me who could answer that. Mm-hmm. and good and good religion teachers but like i feel like you i don't know when you're young i guess like you don't really think about it but like you should be skeptical you should always be skeptical i think it's important to be skeptical or because it only affirms your beliefs more and then you really learn the true meaning behind what you're doing instead Have of just following a set of pre-described rules and stuff i've seen the master yeah with uh Joaquin Phoenix and uh yeah what's his name Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Has a great um, So yeah, Jim Jones basically then gets really devoted followers to like spend a bunch of money. Um, that's kind of how he was able to uh, gain devoted followers is that he would keep asking for more money and time from them. So then they were like more invested because they were like, well, I've already put so much money in this. This is my life now. Um, and so he would also like travel around and basically appeal to the locality vernacular that they would have. So when Jackson, he went, Mississippi, the yeah. Pentecost is here with you. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then when he went to California, he would talk about like Hinduism and Buddhism. Interesting. And... He would sometimes probably making swear. A killing. Probably made so much fucking money doing that. Yeah, dude. He would go to concerts. He would have a merch table. He told people that his his picture. He had framed pictures that he sold at his merch booth. He said, "If you if you buy that, it can heal uh, diseases and healing powers." Yeah, that's and he, wild. He would make like ten bands, which back then was probably like forty, thirty bands compared to inflation now. Yeah. He would make 10 bands uh every every like concert he did. And so That's fucking weird. Yeah. Dude, that's so, a, I get real skeptical about these like first of all like non-denominational Christian churches mm-hmm. and mega churches. Super skeptical of them. Mm-hmm. Because why? why I've been what? also I also like why do you like why are you needing to hold a service in like Madison Square Garden? Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? And like why you have like VIP people at the church and sh- like that is not Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if Jesus walked through that door would he even be able to like, you know, sit with the people? Cuz like they've got like VIP sections, they're all about that. There's a whole like there was a whole Instagram account I used to follow it was like preachers and sneakers. 
I wonder if it's still up. I should go look into it. But it's like this guy literally calls out all these like mega church pastors and stuff mm-hmm. and basically breaks down their outfits and how much they cost. And it's like, why do you need a thousand dollar outfit? Well, this brings up gospel? this brings up also, do you even need to go to church? Can you just read the Bible yourself and look at YouTube for Bible stuff? Um I think it depends on how you practice. Personally, yes, I should be going. I should be at church right now because Sunday morning and in my religion, like I'm supposed to, you know, receive the sacraments and stay up to date on that. And like, you know, it's it's a way of fulfilling my spiritual needs. But I don't. I don't Can you ever really receive the sacrament, though, if you're not in a state of sin? I mean, don't you just wake up in the morning and you have an intrusive thought and you're like, well, there goes my no, no. sacrament you, qualification. No, the state of grace only requires that you're not in a state of mortal sin. Having an impure thought is not necessarily a mortal sin. Acting mortal on sin an is knowing, knowingly sinning. Uh, more or less, more or less deliberately sinning. I mean, like lying isn't a moral sin unless, like, you are lying about you know killing someone or like lying about the whereabouts of like you know, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless you're doing something like evil. I think it's like knowingly doing evil but uh it's not even necessarily it's like you know sex outside of marriage is considered a mortal sin uh masturbation is considered a mortal sin um so like you know it's it's you know but it's not irreparable if i went to you know confession on saturday night and then woke up and went to church on sunday morning i'd be fine but then you you know you get in this practice of like you know going to confession do that and you actually heal from your sin and you don't do it as much because you realize well i'm just gonna have to go do this again next week so i might as well just make it a week without sinning and that's if you're truly devoted as you know you probably should be but it would make you a better person to just follow the rules um so you're telling me that you need to go get the sacrament so you didn't masturbate this week at all I'm saying like I wouldn't be able to receive. I would go up there, cross my arms, and just get a blessing. I do that all the time. <laughs> everyone in the everyone would be like, oh, "Yeah, dude, cold. everyone, dude, this, this is a fucking yeah." More or less, <laughs> like they're like, "Oh man, this this guy's trying. Like he's real about this shit. Yeah, he's not ashamed to cross his arms. It's kind of like a power move in there. It's like, wow, he walks the only road. Yeah, basically one of those guys. The only road that I've ever known. Yeah." But it's like, I, I mean, I, I understand the practice and that's just, you know, again, I'm not, I don't discriminate against any religion. That's just what I've chosen to continue to believe and to practice mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I'm not saying that that is like the only way I just, that's my way. Like, that's how I find the truth. There's multiple ways of finding the truth. There is one truth, but like, there's multiple ways of getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting. So like, but that that that's what gets me about like the mega churches and stuff. Though is like, if your if your church isn't calling you to be like one skeptical or two accountable, that's another one. If your church doesn't make you feel a little bit guilty or like try to hold you accountable, what is what is what purpose is it really like serving you? Mm-hmm. If you're going to church every weekend just to hear some guys say Jesus Christ loves you no matter what, keep doing what you're doing. That's not the message. Even though he does love you no matter what, it's like, it's your responsibility. It's a relationship, right? In a relationship, you don't just get to get away with being a piece of shit all the time, even though the other person is fully devoted to you. It's your responsibility to hold up your end of the bargain, mm-hmm. to, to put in your effort in the relationship. That's why it's called a covenant. It's an agreement. It's not, you know, it's not meant to be like, 
you can do whatever because Jesus died for your sins, so you're already forgiven anyway. It's like, no, you got to hold up your end of the bargain. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you know, I, I, personally, I, I struggle with trusting or, like, getting involved with or just feeling excited about being a part of an organized religion just because I don't think there should be, I don't know, it seems like there's a power structure within every institution, especially Catholic, which I don't like yeah. at all, which is why I kind of like, I would go to more like a, I grew up Methodist and that one's like, the crowd is so big that if you don't donate anything, like no one knows, no one gives a shit. So I do kind of like the idea Catholic. that, yeah, but there's some stuff going on with them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, there's stuff going on in every church. Yeah. I mean, if you, yeah. Think, if you think it's not happening in every fucking institution where anyone could possibly take advantage of their power, you're fucking wrong. It's happening in every single one of them. So that's why Catholics I'm like, just got a bad rap because they're the biggest fucking church in the world, and they like they, they have the most power. Swept so it under the, the rug. Stuff. And, no, they just have a bigger spotlight. Like I don't think Europeans give a shit what American Methodists do. <laughs> no. But yeah. Anyways, I'm just saying like that's why I'm like. I don't really I feel like I don't need to go to church. I just need the Bible and I can watch YouTube. It's a good start. Oh little subtle jab. I mean, yeah, jab. It's, it's a good start. It's a good start. But uh It's yeah. a good start. Dude, I'm not perfect. I need to go. The reason I need to go is because I'm not perfect. That's the whole point. Yeah. I mean you're just saying good start because you think you should go to church, but I'm saying you don't think you need to. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, teach their own. I think it's beneficial, though. I don't think it's a negative experience. Ninety-nine percent of the time, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. But um, maybe like ninety-two if you're a little boy. Ninety-two percent of the time. <laughs> it's ninety-two percent of the time. <laughs> like seventy-five percent of the time, if you're a beautiful little boy. It's probably terrible. Yeah. Awful experience. That's how I knew I was an ugly kid, dude. Those priests didn't even bat an eye at me, dude. Yeah. I was an altar boy and everything. Maybe that's why anyway, my parents fattened me up too. Because I wouldn't be fuckable. <laughs> I feel like they go after the insecure ones. Nah, they want the shredded, the shredded little yeah, princes. Yeah, they want the good looking yeah, little princes, dude. Yeah, with their little dicks. That's so fucked up. So fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, I think it's a... Uh... I think it's cool. I think religion's a cool thing that we do. Do you remember those kids that were like in elementary school that had like zero body fat and you were like, fuck you, dude. I hate you. Do you mean just skinny dudes? No, they were back then you had dudes. no muscle mass. Yeah, but you didn't yeah, but you didn't know about that. You were just like, dude, this kid's just like in good shape somehow. Yeah, dude, of course. Cause I was a chubby kid and I was like, it's not like I'm not running around. <laughs> you know, playing football with you in the backyard too. It's not like we're not doing the same shit every day. I'm just fat and you're not. <laughs> pretty fucking annoying. Were you ever envious to learn about of another of another boy in elementary school? Dude, all the time, bro. 
Of course, dude. What, Do you, you have remember, a crush like, on a girl and she likes the fastest boy? Yeah, it wasn't fast enough. She likes the fastest boy. <laughs> they always like the fastest boy, dude. Yeah. Mine was a... Uh... Well, it was a simpler time, dude. You could be the ugliest kid, but if you ran the fastest 40, dude, mm-hmm. you were you were sought after. Bro, it's same... so basic. It's so basic monkey brain, dude, that like it was so hard to wrap my head around as a kid. You know, it's like it's monkey brain. That's all it is. It's like he's the fastest. He's the most fit for survival. All the girls are going to want him. They don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes to high the... school and he's just a skinny dude with acne and they they forget about it. But yeah. And uh, fifth grade, the girl that I liked, liked the kid that bullied me, which was like just oh, that's brutal. heartbreaking, bro. Why is fifth grade? Fifth grade is when I feel like this, it, things started getting brutal. Because in fifth grade, I had a girl literally tell me that she, you know, would think I was cute and would like me, but I was too fat. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, damn. Yeah, bro, that stuck the with me. The fuck? Yeah. yeah, I don't remember anything that heartbreaking happening before fifth grade. That's when it seems like it's, it's a coming of age. Yeah, dude, I feel like it's, yeah. The people first thing happens where you go, things, But they what? don't know how to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just, they're just horrible people because you haven't learned like uh, sympathy yet or empathy. <laughs> you haven't figured mm-hmm. that one out. Mm-hmm. You just kind of say shit to people. It's a weird time. Yeah. yeah, dude, I used to be like, I used to be like picked last a lot for sports. I wasn't necessarily bad, you know. Like it wasn't until like later in middle school that they figured out that like sometimes the bigger kid has like advantages in certain things. Like you know what, dude, in flag football. I made the perfect center because I, I, I don't drop a ball. And uh, I was the perfect guy for like, all right, you got your fast guys running flies and they're covered by DBs. I just snap the ball. I'm five yards. I'm sitting right there, dude. We're picking up five <laughs> yards on this play no matter what. We might pick up more, but I'm good. here for at least the five, dude. Yeah. <laughs> We're keeping the ball moving forward, dude. Nice. No matter what. All I got to do is catch it. Yeah. But yeah, dude. Or if I you think could dude, kick a home a, run a and kid, kick ball, dude, if you could kick a home yes, run and dude. kick ball, dude, you were the goat. Yeah, slugger type shit. Dude, all the, and all the girls. Run. That's why baseball is good for big kids. Baseball is a great sport for big kids because of that. If you can hit the ball fucking hard, you don't have to run. People just love you. They're like, fuck yeah, dude. This kid's hitting a homer. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about how fast he is, dude. Just jack the shit out of that ball. You're good. The girls would do like cheerleading for the kickball games because they were girly. And then yeah. the guys would all play kickball, and if you hit a home run in front of them, they all go nuts. And you were just like, "Oh yeah, I'm the fucking, fucking man. man. I'm man, the fucking dude. man, dude. I love all you shit, ladies. Dude. I love you, bitches. I love you, bitches. <laughs> I love you, crazy bitches. <laughs> yeah. I like, dude. I like. Uh, I think that uh, being. I think that they need to bring back more like contact sports into like middle school. I think that would be very advantageous for big kids and their. Uh, and their uh, insecurities and their like psychology because I think like one side one I don't think side it would. was able head no, trauma I'm thinking. At, in sixth grade. It, yeah, but also like they're the ones dealing the head trauma. It's like you, what what killed me was like okay playing flag football right. I'm a big kid. I'm not fast. I can't juke you out. But I'm a big kid, dude. My advantage was that I could just run you over, but I wasn't allowed to do that. So I just thought I sucked. Mm. but when i was able to play football in high school i was like oh damn i can like hit this is dope you know i'm allowed Mm -hmm. to be big out here and just do big boy shit 
sick. But you played tackle football like in the backyard when in middle oh, school. Oh yeah, we played tackle football. Oh yeah, dude, that was huge, dude. I remember one yeah. time, I will never forget it, like carrying like four kids on my back as I stomped 10 yards for a touchdown. Like couldn't bring me down. Oh, nice. We'll never forget that feeling. Bro, it's like, this is last, what I was built to do. My last season of uh, Pop Warner before I went to high school, our team was terrible because we were always your your team was always good in Pop Warner because the older kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like you yeah, had was, like yeah, you had the younger kids like a year younger, and then you had the kids that were a year older, and then now the year older kids are all in high school. So now the last team is now just the younger kids. Yeah. And so you're going to fucking suck because, like, all your skill players are gone. So yeah. it was fun, though, because I got to play receiver, but I was not good. But uh, I did have one touchdown. I think it was in the last game. I was also the field goal kicker a few times. But uh, <coughs> I, I literally ran a fly, wasn't even looking. This was just – this was God just give, gifting me with a good experience. Ball just fell in my hands. I wasn't even looking. The ball was just in my hands after I ran like 30 yards and I scored a touchdown. That's Didn't awesome. even look. Dude, the let's ball talk was just about in my hands. <laughs> Basically, the best, dude, the best, best childhood sports memories. Let's go. My, I like this topic. This is fun. My yeah. favorite, probably my favorite all time. Uh, again, chubby kid, not fast at all, dude. And this was on our like championship winning. 2009 baseball team so i'm like 10 years old or something nine or 10 years old and uh i remember going up to my coach and this is this the pitcher the kid that was pitching this game was like known around our little league as like the hardest pitcher he mm-hmm. was fast he was he was a he, was, he could pitch fast he was strong and he was like a quick kid he was like a good ball player and i remember going up to my coach when i was on deck and i was like coach i'm gonna bunt and he's like what i was like let me bunt slow kid I'm going to bunt. And he's like, all right, fine, go for it, right? He's like, it's a little league. Fuck it. Let the kids, let's kid, let, let the kid have fun, right? I bunt down the first baseline and I beat out Ben Woods' throw to first. I'll never forget it, dude. Everyone went electric. It was crazy. Like, no one was expecting me to bunt because <laughs> I'm a big little fat kid. Like, I can't run. Like, my, my, soup, my, my, my specialty was like hitting a double and stopping at first, it was like hitting a ball off the wall and just stopping at first. <laughs> <laughs> like I could have easily turned two, but I was like, no, nah, like I'm done. Like your hands in the Yeah, literally. <laughs> on base percentage through the roof. Like, don't worry about it. But like, I'm just getting the first, and that's it. I'm letting the rest happen. Like, maybe like I might steal a base if there's a pass ball, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be close. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, dude, like it was electric. It was me chugging down the first baseline. It was a deep bunt. Like he could have easily thrown me out, and I beat the throw, dude. It was electric. I'll never forget that. And then, like, uh, this is before baseball got soft. I was also, like, I think uh, there's a video of it. My dad might have a video of it. I trucked a catcher one time, too. Throw to the plate, and I blew this kid up and knocked the ball out of his hand. That was when baseball used to be fun. And you could Damn. do shit like that. Yeah, dude. That was, that was a, see, that's a fulfilling moment for a big kid is being able to hit because you're like, that's right. I don't have to be fast. Bro, one of my favorite sports moments of, actually, this is definitely number one of my favorite sports moment. And what makes it even better is that I actually have it on film. It's still in my huddle. Um, my junior year of, of high school playing football, I already knew that I was going to quit because me and the coaches were on terrible terms. And I wasn't, I wasn't that good. You said junior had, year? 
Yeah. Okay, I had a similar experience. That's funny. All right, go ahead. I wasn't that good. Like, there was a guy opposite of me who plays at Duke now, and he was always better than me. But I did have, like, seven sacks. So I wasn't, like, useless. But um, things just got on terrible terms with my head coach, my defensive coordinator, and my D-line coach. I was just always talking back. And I had always been like that. Like, even playing middle school basketball, I argued with my coach, and, like, we had, like, yelling matches. For some reason, I was just, like, fucking terrible with my coaches. I was just never one to conform. You know, I'm a fucking yeah, a renegade. Fucking I'm a sick renegade. fucking rebel boy. I'm Bruce Springsteen. And, uh, but I mean, things were like my head coach called me of like a fucking retard. And I was like, you know, I'm like fucking 17 years old. And this is a grown man calling a 17 year old a fucking retard. And I took that personally. And so it's the district championship against Jefferson. And the QB was like three stars or whatever. And he was like, uh, he played at uh, Syracuse. And I think he got cancer, but then he recovered and then he played another season. Anyways, um, it's against Jefferson and I'm on the sideline and they sub in like a freshman um, who typically plays defensive end and like is my sub. And uh, I'm the starter at the time. And then this freshman subs in for me, but he actually went at nose guard. And so I'm supposed to be in the game. And so all my player, all, all my coaches, head coach, defensive coordinator, defensive, defensive line coach, all like turn and they're like, you're supposed to be in the fucking game. What the fuck are you doing? And so I'm like sitting on the bench, just like chilling. And I'm like, Malcolm's it. And then I talk back. And I'm like, oh, bad Malcolm's idea, in, dude. Bad I was like, idea. Malcolm's in the Wait, fucking but the, game. That would have been too many men on the field, right? No, there's 10 players on the field. I'm supposed to be in. Oh, you're supposed My to be in. sub went in at nose guard, so I thought he was in for me. But he's actually at nose. Oh, no. Were you guys doing a big, like, were you guys doing a, a big man package? Were you guys, like, goal line or something? I don't fucking know what they were doing. I don't know what it sounds like. You were goal line. <laughs> you're going to put an extra man. If you're going to put an extra I man in a nose, you're probably goal line. Did you guys run a 4 3? It wasn't goal line. They were on like the 10 of their 10. Did you guys run a, did you guys, what did you guys run? A 4 3, 3 4? 3 4. We ran a 3 4, and then we would have a big bear package on goal line, which is a switching to a 4 3, and I was big bear. But there wasn't an the extra, extra nose. There wasn't an extra nose. He just went in at nose guard. Oh, okay. So you were still running 3 4. So there's one end and a nose guard, and I'm supposed to be the third, but I'm sitting on the bench. They all turn to me, and they're like, you're supposed to be on the field. And I argue with them that I'm not supposed to be on the field. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> and they're like, he's in a they fucking nose. They smoke you? So then I sprint out there from, like, the 50-yard line. I sprint all the way to the 10 to line up. Right when I get in my three-point stance, instantly the ball snaps. I swim move and sack him in like two seconds. And then I turn to my coaches and I go, what the fuck now? <laughs> they probably liked that. They probably liked that part. No, they didn't, bro. They hated they didn't, like, me. They hated me. They wanted me to I don't like, know, dude. If I, was your, if I was your D-line coach, I'd been like, God damn, kids no, they, got spirit. They no, dude. They just shut. They didn't say anything. They didn't even celebrate. They were just like, "Fuck him, dude." <laughs> Did you want to hear? You want to hear a funny story about me in football? What? It wasn't until I hit my when I hit my growth spurt, dude. Like I started hitting the sprints better and everything else, and I probably should have stuck with it after the growth spurt. I probably would have like switched to like linebacker and had a lot more fun. But playing like line sucked. Like doing fucking bear calls every day. I remember when I was on the freshman team. Um, 
I remember there was one practice where the coaches were just extra pissed at us because mm-hmm. like there was kids skipping practice to go to band practice and there is kids that were like quitting sprints and stuff and like you know getting too tired like you know getting heat exhaust and just sitting them out and whatever so at the end of this one practice and this is like after full contact started which actually side note we'll go back because this is another one of my favorite stories first first practice of uh first practice of full contact it was like a saturday morning practice we did um and we scrimmaged against jv as like just the freshman versus the JV guys. So obviously we were going to get destroyed. Um, my first snap ever full contact handoff fumbles and I'm playing nose tackle. And so I broke through the line and I just remember this ball just like rolling right up to me and I like dove on it. This is my f- first full contact play ever. So I dive on this ball, dude, and just immediately get dogpiled, just swamped, bro. I came up with the, I came up with the ball, which was like a pretty, like, I mean, it was, you know, that got me in bad props. That was a good look for me as like the freshman on the first snap to recover the fumble after getting dogpiled. But like, I just remember coming up with this giant like clawed of grass in my face mask, like just completely covering one whole side of my face mask. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Yeah, because like the moment I touched that ball, I was like, here it comes. And then just <laughs> fucking funny as hell. Fun as hell. Uh, but then, okay, so then this is weeks later. We're at this practice. At the end of the practice, like coaches break it down. We're on the knees, you know, and they're just like all pissed off, dude. And they start calling kids out. They start calling them out by name, one by one. They're like, Combs, the fuck you even coming out here if you're going to go to band practice and miss, you know, fucking, you know, practice, go play horn. If you want to be in the band, go be in the band. If you want to play football, you got to be on this field. Fucking three o'clock every day. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm going off on every kid, dude. And like, they're like calling people out. I'm the last one they call out. There's two of us on the team. There's two of us on the freshman team. There's Dylan Jones and there's me, right? So like the one coach, scary dude. Coach Terry, who was talking about playing tag with rocks and lightning bolts and shit, like one of those coaches who's like, we used to fucking, if a kid missed practice, we beat him up in the parking lot after practice. Make sure he was there the next day. Like one of those hardcore Southern coaches, you know? And because uh, Quiver's is like, Mr. Jones, stand up. Also, funny note here, this is the one practice my dad came to pick us up from. So my dad's like sitting there, like watching this whole speech thing go on, watching us all get chewed out. He's like, Mr. Jones, stand up. It's like me and Dylan Jones stand up. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And he's like, not you. Like pointing at Dylan. So it's like just me. So I'm standing up. I'm in front of everyone standing up. And I'm like, fuck, like, what did I do? You know, like, Mm -hmm. he's like, Mr. Jones may be the least athletic kid on this team, but he comes out here and he busts his ass every day. I've never (laughs) seen this kid quit a sprint. I think he's going to die every time he hits that finish line, but he's never quit a single fucking sprint. He goes out there and puts in a hundred percent on every play. Does he make it? Probably not, but at least he's fucking trying, unlike all the rest of you. <laughs> it's just like, it was like the most backhanded compliment ever. It was hilarious. Just he's to going start nowhere, off this- but he's going nowhere trying. <laughs> exactly, dude. But guy, dude, it got a lot of like, it got me like a lot of props with the team, dude. Like whenever, like when we were, then when we were like JV, I remember at the end of like the season, we all moved up to JV for the last few games and stuff. And like, I just mm. remember like, oh, uh, like at the end of practice, like, doing the sprints and i was coming in last like every sprint dude i was the guy that you loved because i was the lineman that took laps that gave you the chance to catch your breath um i remember where we did like we did like a hundred yard bear crawl dude backwards bear crawl so like i couldn't see shit and th- mm-hmm. this was just the lineman and like everyone was just chanting my name the whole time bj 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 that was an electric <laughs> feeling too. that was probably I always, so slow just dying i always was supposed to be in entertainment because i just love talking shit on the sidelines way more than playing football <laughs> dude i was i was more of a hype man dude it would piss me off dude oh it would piss me off when my team would give up yeah because i was when i was like freshman jv i was you know usually like second string rarely did i start unless someone was injured but i was like second string and um 
I think I just remember like playing bowls one time. I was like special team second string in Big Bear package. But like I remember like playing bowls, which is like our rival one time. And we were down, we were down a touchdown after the first quarter, dude. And everyone just fucking gave up, dude. It pissed me off so much. <laughs> I just really remember going up and down the sideline, like, look at the fucking scoreboard. It's one fucking touchdown. Oh Get my god. Fucking play. Like, just you're, a, fucking... you're the annoying guy. Probably, dude. I was, it was pissing me the fuck off because everyone was just like so in their heads, like, oh, we can't do this, dude. We just can't do it. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean we're only down a fucking touchdown? Like, get out there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I remember that that game was funny too because I remember a kickoff. I remember on that game we we did score. We caught up by half. We ended up losing, but like we ended up scoring on this drive where like we had a kickoff. Um, and I remember like I was I was uh, blocking on the kickoff. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, we were returning, and uh, I remember like it was a big return, probably like a sixty yard return. So I'm the slow guy. I'm chugging along in the back, like watching it all play out in front of me. And I just get fucking wrecked from behind. Like, mm-hmm. huge block in the back. Just get blown up from behind. Like, some dude just ran up and hit me full speed in the back. Like, just, I just remember plop on the ground, like, turning around, seeing this kid over top of me, like, flexing. And I just see, like, two flags go over his head. And I'm like, like, you're going to regret that. <laughs> like, they got, like, 15 yards for the block in the back and then scored on, like, the next play. I was like, that was dumb as shit. I just remember how much that hurt and being like, you're a fucking idiot. I was out of the play completely. I was probably, like, 40 yards behind. I think maybe I should finish... We should just conclude Jonestown to finish the podcast since we kind of left people hanging. Oh, we totally left people hanging and what, started what talking happened. about how sick we were at sports. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's good. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll just wrap it up quickly. Basically, they they moved because the government was breathing down their necks because they were making a ton of money. And uh, people were just sort of like going missing, missing from their family life because they just were following this guy around forever. So then they were starting to get investigated. And so they moved to Guyana because Guyana was in need of money. And they were going to buy a bunch of land down there to build a commune. And then government and reporters wouldn't be able to investigate them because, you know, they're in fucking South Af- South America. So they go to Guyana and they start building this community with a couple hundred members that followed. And then they start sending propaganda videos and uh, postcards to uh, former members and saying, like, look what you're missing down here in Guyana. It's fucking beautiful. So then people hundreds until it's like until it's nearly a thousand people move to Guyana and they show up and it's not as advertised the houses are like incomplete they're promised houses for their own families instead they had to share um a community sort of like dorm sort of like uh sort of like uh like- soldiers you know which yeah. is another way, which is another tactic for cults is to make everyone share space and um, to wear the same thing and sort of lose their self-identity and their individuality is another cult tactic. Uh, so anyways, people start phoning up this congressman in California. I forget his name. Um, That's right. They phone up this congressman of, I think it's either Texas or California. I think, I'm pretty sure it's it California. California. Yep, it's California. Uh, it was California. They started phoning this congressman and go, hey, we cannot get a hold of our relatives in Guyana. What we want you to do is go down there and just make sure that they're not being held there against their will. Because as it turns out, they were. And they were basically forced It's crazy into... that, a congressman, that a congressman went to go do that and not like the FBI or the I CIA. Know. And they were basically all forced. Everyone who went down there and got tricked into going to Guyana were tricked into slavery. And they were working like 14-hour days, 15-hour days of just trying to build the community. Um, and they, if they tried to escape, it was all fenced in. And they had uh, the most devoted members had like AK-47s and shit. So they couldn't leave. Um, 
So Congressman gets down there and Jim Jones, the cult leader, makes this whole ceremony and like kind of like when you go to North Korea, <laughs> basically. They put on this whole, like, a big speech. They put on a show. They put on a There's big little kids playing guitar for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Muppets. And uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where they like, have you yeah. seen the videos? Of, like, they're all just bobbing yeah. their heads, dude. Yeah. Oh, I got to send you this uh, video after we're done. Of uh, It's like a North Korea edit of them singing Always Look on the Bright Side of Life from Life of Brian. Oh, that's fucking great. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so the congressman goes down there and he's like, hey, this is actually pretty good. And he's like asking people, he's like, so do you like living in Jonestown? Which, by the way, he called it Jonestown. Um, and they were like, it's the best. I love it here. Everyone is on board. One person who they don't know who it was passes the congressman a note and says, help us get out of Jonestown. Which would be so intense if you're the fucking congressman. You're surrounded by yeah. everyone. You get passed a note and you're like, oh. And they're all acting like, yeah, this is the best. This is great. They're all like going on. Yeah. And one person is like, us. Not me. Yeah. Us. Yeah. That would be scary because there was like nine... I think like there was more than a thousand people there. I think it was there like was, the, the death the death toll was like nine hundred people. It was nine hundred. I think it was almost a thousand. Yeah. And so the congressman brings up to Jim Jones and he's like, which by the way, it should have been, I guess it couldn't have been in secret since it's closed in. They have AK-47s and they have cameras. So I think the best way to do it was to bring it up to Jim Jones publicly and be like, Hey, I got this note. I don't want to like you start some shit. Like I don't want to. He said, "I don't want to like start anything." Wait, but. it was out of his jurisdiction, which is the crazy part. I mean, it's American citizens, but they're in Guyana, so there's nothing that we could do. Mm -hmm. We can't so just send like, fucking troops in there. He was like, "All right, anyone who doesn't want to be in Jonestown, you can come back with me." And then a lot of people stayed, but I think it was like nearly forty or fifty of them. That was brave, dude. Those guys with AK-47s, you could be like, "You can come." Mm -hmm. But I guess so what's then, he gonna do? Because if he kills a congressman, it's like that's national news, and now now you do have a military problem. So Jim Jones is like, fine, whoever wants to leave can leave. We don't want you if you don't want to stay here. So they start driving out. They get on the plane, and then Jim Jones sends a car after them with AK-47s and kills them all and the congressman. Oh, so they did get killed. Yeah. Okay. Yep. On right when they were taking off, dude, they killed them all. It was like so fucking close. So then obviously congressman dies. All the journalists die. Military gets a hold of that since they went missing. Yeah, it would take some time too. They, would they be start missing. coming down there and they do a mass suicide. They say we're going to be liberated by killing ourselves <laughs> and going to heaven. But here's the fucked up thing. It wasn't suicide because they found bruises in the neck and knee yeah, they areas. Forced them they jabbed it into them it. and killed 900 people with syringes, which is... I thought it was they drank the Kool-Aid, bro. I thought they literally like had cyanide Kool-Aid. People willfully drink it. And some people were forced to drink it. Like people made their children drink cyanide shit. It was fucked up. People drank it willingly, but they had syringes because they were people who were already trying to escape. They would drug them and make them like basically like blackout unconscious. But yeah, that's they so fucking, fucking crazy. mass murdered 900 people with syringes, which is insane. Yeah, by the time, and then I know that by the time that the government got there, everyone was already dead. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. That is crazy. And it was all for just like money, basically. Yeah, dude, some guy had a God complex and then he was afraid to die. So he made everyone else die with him. He was afraid to get like, I think he was afraid to, you know, be called a fraud, really. Mm -hmm. So he made an apocalypse clause. That's crazy. Oh, that's Jonestown. I actually, you know, I really do like uh, your change in the script to make it like something that becomes a cult because I like kind of like the thriller kind of horror aspect of something getting out of control. 
Yeah, but uh, see, I don't want them to make it. I think it's more on unique. Purpose. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Because they get stressed from, like, out. I think that's, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good. Like that's an interesting take. That's a really, you know, that's that is good. That's good shit. Yeah, thank you. I like the idea of it like spiraling out of control, out of their like outside of their control. Yeah, and then everyone gets devoted because it's like they're right. We do need to keep this together. We need to do it at all costs. And then yeah, you know, so they start kind of holding. Hand. Yeah, it gets out of hand. I like that, dude. That's like kind of a thriller. That's like kind of spooky. Spooky. Yeah, I can show how like the mob can. <laughs> And there's still Beale's yeah. archetype. They're still yeah. They're still all. And they unique. start out. They start with good intentions, but was mm-hmm. there a point where they like break up? Um, just kind of the dissolution is. Yeah, I mean, I guess it really doesn't. I guess it's more just like personality. It's not really now the storyline of the Beatles band. Or they get like they get just trapped in it. I think that would be a good ending. Ambiguous. Well, I think I think a fucking mass murder suicide would be kind of a sick end i think allude to that but like don't show it but like be like they're trapped in it now like they can't they can't leave they can't back down from it. yeah and then just end it before everyone actually dies i don't know we'll see it's very it's a it's an idea in its infancy but it's good i like this idea a lot this would be so good i would watch this yeah so yeah. that's what i'm gonna start working on soon and then people people get a hold of the idea that it's just us exploring beatles archetypes <laughs> that makes it even more interesting they're like and it's a cult movie mm-hmm. yeah a horror well, i think we should call this an episode epic it's about an hour. I think and so half. too. Yeah, damn, dude. I didn't even realize we talked for an hour on this second. This, Alrighty, wasn't y'all. The, this wasn't the funniest of episodes, but you learned about cults and people fucking love yeah, cult content. Yeah, dude. They it's love interesting, it. bro. It's interesting. We didn't even get into the a... Buddha field. Do you know anything about the Buddha field with Jaime Gomez? No, but this this reminds me that we need to get Ricky and Mikey on to do a true crime one. That'd be so funny. A drunk true crime Ricky and Mikey podcast would be hilarious. That'd be pretty sick if we all like brought our own stories, Mm -hmm. like research something. Or we all studied the same thing, put different angles of it. Put my leg down. That was way too stuck. Could do that. Yeah, we didn't even get into the Buddha field who Jaime Gomez would basically, uh, he was obsessed with beauty and his image. And he would make his followers get, uh, he would make his followers get like plastic surgery so that he could see what the operation looked like so that then he would get it if he liked it. (laughs) That's so fucked. (laughs) Yeah. And then he would say, he would tell people that you could see the light if you meditated. And he'd literally told them to close their eyes and he would rub their forehead. And then he would just shine a flashlight in their face. And he'd be like, do you see the light? Like if they just opened their eyes, bro, they would know. (laughs) They would have been like, what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, Buddhafield was interesting. Watch the docuseries on Netflix. It's fucking pretty good. Is that is it called Buddhafield? No, the docuseries is called How to Become a Cult Leader. And it goes through like all of these that I mentioned. I might have watched that docuseries a while ago i watch a lot of docuseries i think it just came out so i'm gonna watch it yeah it's good Alrighty, y'all have a good all week. right y'all have a good weekend we love you next week yes, hopefully dude, we go, have that uh, guest on and uh, tell your parents tell your parents you love them hug your brothers and sisters yep i'm gonna go uh, pee strive right. for the betterment of mankind and the greater good and be humble and if you start a cult have yeah, hit us up with, if you start have a cult. sex with the husbands too at least yeah and then and then we'll have you as guests <laughs> so you can talk about it actually so if you Spread start a cult let us know we would love we would love to oh, skeptically dude, if interview. we could get actual cult leader on like someone holy shit dude if we got that'd a cult so leader awesome. on this thing that'd be so sick and you know what they're probably so egotistical they do they would do it they would do it yeah yeah they would do it no they probably wouldn't do it because we would need more listeners but no we would have to have a platform but then we would have a controversy where people are like you're giving a platform to a fucking psychotic person yeah but i think we could outsmart them the controversy them crazy. Sells, Contro- we could controversy we could make sells. them look crazy we, we can make, make them, them look, look dumb as shit. Yeah, we'd yeah. have to if we actually did that. We would actually have to prep and make them look ridiculous. That would be so good, though. We could do that, though, dude. We could definitely yeah. fuck fuck someone's head up like that. Yeah, easily between All the right. two of us, dude. Yeah. All right, bros. Have a good one.
America. Get out there, America. <laughs>